0: Um
1: All right, our next guest, uh, Elliot Short-Parks, is brought to us today by Colonial Hyundai, the fast, easy, better way to buy a Hyundai. Shop 24-7 at ColonialHyundai.com. And a lot to talk to Elliot about. Good morning, Elliot.
0: What's going on? How you guys doing? Quite a bit, man.
1: We got Jimmy Butler in the finals. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I was rooting for him, but unfortunately, he's not a 76er. We got Nikki Nurse now coaching the Sixers. Fills with the split. But uh, sort of under the radar news, Elliot, over the weekend, but it could could play a huge part in the Eagles season, was DeAndre Hopkins being released by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, look, I love, obviously, the concept of DeAndre Hopkins joining the Eagles if, if you need them, but I don't think they need them. I think they could use defenders more and put money into that before the season starts. Where do you stand on the feasibility and the likelihood? And the Eagles have the cap space. There's no doubt about that. Feasibility and likelihood of the Eagles landing DeAndre Hopkins.
0: So they do have the cap space. They have around $13 million. You know, with the way Howie structured contracts, they definitely have the room to bring him in. I just don't know why DeAndre Hopkins would want to come here. I would give him a chance to win, so th- there's that argument. It would give but- him a
1: great, it would give him a great chance to win. I will say right, that but he
0: would be he would be doing it from the bench. I mean, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins is not going to be the one number one or two receiver here. We could sit here and debate if he's better than either of those two, but he's not going to come in and take snaps from AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. I mean, Dallas Goddard is in a lot of ways their number three receiver. He is obviously one of the better receiving tight ends in the league, so he's probably not going to take snaps or targets from him. You know, Quez Watkins, obviously DeAndre is better than him, but they really like that Quez has speed in that role. Like, that slot guy, they like to stretch the field. I don't know if that's DeAndre Hopkins. So, for me, the best argument for bringing in DeAndre would be, would be twofold. One, if A.J. or Devontae go down, you know, God forbid, with a, with a long-term injury, then you really need him all of a sudden. It becomes a massive need. But really, the best might be, and this speaks to where the Eagles are at, if teams like Buffalo or Kansas City or, you know, Dallas are looking to sign him, it might be worth the money just to keep him away from them, right? So I get your point about the defense. I am always going to invest in offense. I just don't think with the money they have left, you are going to get enough from DeAndre Hopkins uh, for, for what it's going to cost to bring him in.
2: Wow. I, uh, I don't agree. Uh, and, and the speed thing? You can still have a speed guy while having a better slot receiver on the field for most of those plays. Uh, what about the other skill spots during these uh, team activities, Elliot? The the running back position. Have you seen any emergence uh, in terms through the first few weeks? Like who's the starter for this team? Right.
0: So, so unfortunately, we have not been able to watch a full practice at all, or really, you know, any practice besides when the rookies were there. I'm hoping this week we'll get that chance at which point you're right. The running back uh, position and how they handle that is going to be very interesting to see. Obviously in past years, they've had a clear number one running back in miles Sanders. If you look at Nick Sirianni's history as both a play caller and a head coach, he has preferred a dominant number one running back. He's never been a running back by committee type of guy. Now this year with this depth chart, that seems to be where they are headed. DeAndre Swift, has been a bit of a, of a dominant number one in terms of touches, but he's had trouble staying healthy, as has Rashard Penny. And, you know, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott have never shown they could be anything more than part-time back. So are the Eagles going to go with a running back by committee, or do you think Sirianni's going to stick with, like, a number one guy? That's what I'm looking to find out when we get to watch these practices. Who's going up first with the offense? How are the touches distributed? But realistically, it's probably not something we'll find out until training camp, when they really have to start getting these reps in.
1: Elliot Sure Parks with us here, Elliot. Let's go back to the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Two part question. The first is, how much money do you think it'll cost to sign him for a year? Like, what would the one year money be? You know, even yeah. if it's a, a two or three year deal, what's the per year? The second question: Do you expect? How he's done this, maybe about half of his seasons as GM. Do you expect him to either sign or trade for? a player that right now is not on the roster but will be a week one starter, a lot of positions defensively that could apply, or perhaps offensive guard. Do you expect one more starter to be added that is currently not on the team?
0: So I think the chances are slimmer, and I'll take the second part of that first. I think the chances are slimmer than most years that they're going to trade for a starter. And that's just because when you look at it, there's just simply not a lot of spots. I think the only spot where they would trade for a guy – that week one, snap one is on the field, and that, that, that's linebacker. I really think they want to give their safeties a chance. You know, if you get to week two or three and they're really struggling before the deadline, maybe you bring someone in. Clearly, if they have a terrible training camp, they would maybe do something there. But Sidney Brown, uh, Blankenship, Edmonds, I, I think they like that group a lot more than other people. So I think there'll be a little bit of a longer leash in allowing them to get used to the roles and um, make a move for a starter. Linebacker's different. They got really good linebacker play last year and if you look at the rest of the defense there's not a lot of their spots where they need help maybe you know backup edge rusher maybe a little bit on the interior but in terms of a starter i think linebacker is where he would do it the issue is they don't commit a lot of resources to linebacker, so i think the chances of him making a big time impact trade for a starter are probably relatively slim now with deandre hopkins in terms of money with 13 million dollars they normally like to bring around ten million dollars into the season. It allows them to make moves like they did for Sue and Linval Joseph, if they need it midway through the year. What would Hopkins get per year? Maybe eight, nine million. I mean, if he really wants to win, maybe he takes a little less to go to, to go to a serious contender. But if you remember, he signed James Bradbury to a one-year, ten million dollar deal last year, and the cap it was around two and a half, three million dollars. So. The per year average, I think, will probably be around ten million. But his cap Jeez. hit, if he were to come here, is is going
2: to be small, in my opinion. Well, that's amazing. I mean, eight or nine million for DeAndre Hopkins. It sounds like. There's no question you should do that. I mean that sounds like a lock it in.
0: But I, I but, but, but would you give 8 or 9 million dollars to
2: the fourth option on offense? I, yes, I get the Yes, because I that... think he's the third or the <laughs> second option on offense. Plus <laughs> does, Elliot
1: doesn't that make it harder for them to re-sign players during the season that they could well, I mean, re-up for future years? But,
0: but the other thing I think to consider here is going into this year, one of the toughest parts of the of this season is going to be managing the the egos and managing coming off that Super Bowl, right? Uh, Devonte Devontae Smith is in a contract year. A.J. Brown, last year he seemed okay with maybe not getting dominant number one type targets. But in the playoffs, remember, there was a little bit of yeah. not getting the ball enough. Dallas Goddard, he likes to be involved in the offense. You have two running backs you just brought up that are both in contract years. That's a lot to manage in terms of touches, snaps, targets, all those things. DeAndre Hopkins might want to win. He can say all the right things. But if he comes in here and he's not getting a ton of targets, he's going to be upset. Or if he's taking targets from Devontae, how's Devontae going to feel about that? So I get on a basic scale, it's DeAndre Hopkins. You just bring him in and you figure it out. But there's going to be so much locker room kind of issues, I think, to, to, to navigate for Nick Sirianni this year that this would just make it more complicated.
2: Uh, moving on to the Sixers, Elliot, how likely is it Nick Nurse can improve this team, motivate Joel? And James Harden move out of the second round.
0: I I think it's likely. If you look at the kind of the recent history of Nick Nurse and the Sixers, on on a large scale, you could look and go: the Raptors have overachieved, and the Sixers have probably underachieved. Mm. And I think that's because Nick Nurse has gotten the most out of his roster. I am not a big Pascal Siakam fan. Fred VanVleet I think is okay. They have not had star level players since Kawhi left. But if you look at Nick Nurse's time. The first year he was head coach, overachieves, wins the title that year. The second year he was a head coach, Kwai leaves. Everybody says they're not going to be any good. Overachieved, they get the number two seed. A few years later, he beats his over-under by 13 wins. So consistently, Nick Nurse has taken expectations, and he's passed them. And I think that's something that, while we could debate how successful the Sixers has been, the general feeling is they should have gotten more out of this roster than they have over the last few years. So – I do believe Nick Nurse will come in and make them a, a better team because he's consistently gotten the most if not more than expected out of his talent.
1: Elliot, one more just back to the Eagles curious as we make the move to June here soon. Um what's the flow up ahead? I know we start entering OTA period. When yeah. does when does what happen? Who's in town? How does it go?
0: Yeah. So the off season used to be one of my favorite times of the year because, to your point, there were constant changes, right? First they were doing this, and then there'd be a mandatory mini camp, and then they'd have a three day camp where I'd get to go watch. The real, reality of how they do this now is there's just not much going on at the NovaCare. They're working hard. I'm not trying to diminish the work they're doing, but they don't have a mandatory mini camp. I mean, they just they take the off season relatively light. So in terms of what's happening, it's kind of the same thing that's been happening. They're doing on the field work, they're doing meetings, they're doing those type of things. But until training camp comes, there's just not going to be those hard practices where, you know, we're seeing 40, 50 throws from Jalen and those type of things. That's just that's how they choose to do it without having a mandatory. Mini-camp.
1: And is that related to a, a new CBA or did they strike one of those player coach deals like they did a couple of years ago? John Ritchie's favorite when the players <laughs> and was that Doug or was that Nick? They're like, you know, what I'm,
2: what yeah, I thought that. it was Nick.
1: I'm going to cut a deal with the players. We're not going to have a mandatory camp. So mm-hmm. which is it, Elliot? Is it? per NFL rules, or just an Eagles side agreement? Well, probably
0: more Eagles. Obviously, with the new CBA, and I'm sure Richie can, can speak to this too. <laughs> in his days. I mean,
1: it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's
0: a little different than it used to be, right? I yeah, mean, they, 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 don't do, they don't do much. So there's that involved. But, yes, it is Eagles-related as well. Nick Sirianni, I believe it was last year or maybe the year before, kind of struck a deal with his player his player leaders and said, look, we're not going to do a mandatory mini camp. Let's get good attendance throughout this thing. And I think that was a smart move because they do have a lot of guys down there at the Novacare that might not have been there otherwise until the mandatory mini camp. So it's a little bit of both. It's the CBA taking it light on the players, but also it's the Eagles saying, come in this whole month, get into meetings, learn the playbook, and then you know we 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 won't do a physical grueling kind of mandatory mini camp. That a lot of other teams do,
1: Elliot. Great work as always, but We look forward to talking. To you. Did you have a good Memorial Day?
0: I did. I did. It was it was fun. Got uh, you know, went out, did some things. So uh, a little tired, but but excited to be back to
1: work. All right, good deal, Elliot. Thanks, buddy.
0: Yep. Talk to you guys. Right, thanks, man.
1: Elliot. Appreciate that.